Everyone speaks of photography as an art, but its true value is as a business. If it's not making you money, you're wasting your time. Welcome to the podcast that is guaranteed to improve not only your photography, but your mind, body, and spirit as well. Full of interviews with the top image makers in the industry, where we talk photography, drink whiskey, and fill up the bathtub with high life and PBR. So grab a juice box and a handful of unsalted almonds and get ready for the show. In this episode, we are joined with Cheryl Walsh, who is an underwater fine art portrait photographer. Did I get it? You Was got it the it right, right order? Congratulations. Yeah, that's a nice, yeah. it's a good title. It's a very deliberate title. Yeah. Yeah. You do very complicated but gorgeous underwater work. Thank it's a, you. it's incredible. How did you get into that? Um, I am an introvert. Um, and, and that doesn't mean shy. That means I'm overwhelmed by the world. I, I take in everything. So I always want to do creative photography, especially portrait photography. I like, f- you know, working with people. And I would work in the studio, and I was always very distracted. You know, hair and makeup people and stylists. And it, it just it took my attention away from what I was trying to focus on. Um, many years ago, you know, probably 12 years ago, I had the opportunity to try an underwater, you know, shoot, and immediately, as soon as I got to the bottom of that pool and sat on the bottom of the pool, it's like, oh, I like it here. This is going to be a problem. So were this you is bi- going to turn into a were problem. Were you a big swimmer before no. that? No. 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 All right, so no. No, totally afraid of drowning. <laughs> yeah, and now afraid you're of deep spending water. A lot of time underwater. Yeah. It is a very peaceful, calm place. Um, There's nothing to distract me. It's quiet, it's dark. Everything moves in slow motion. All the colors are more vibrant. It's just stunning, it's beautiful. Um, I've taken now to doing, like um, I have a little GoPro camera under the water on the side of the pool um, so that people can, can see what it is I'm seeing while I do these photo shoots. You know, it, it, the question becomes why wouldn't you work underwater? because it is so beautiful what it is I get to see. And selfishly, that's why I do what I do, because of the environment that I get to be in doing that. I find that fascinating. I think you're the first person I've ever talked to that kind of chose their genre, their where they landed more out of like, my oh, own isolation of, chamber. Yeah, and, out of a shortcoming. I, I yeah. took a shortcoming and I turned it into... You capitalized um, on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I turned it into something. Um, I made my work work for me. Right. Yeah. Huh. It's amazing. Yeah, so you're also you. very big into printing. How yes. far into your photography did you really start getting into printing and be like, oh, this is amazing? Um, very early on, I... I you know, was fascinated with the print. That's what it's all about. Where a photographer is a photographer makes a photograph, photograph is a print. Um, I felt as a digital photographer, especially early on, about 12 years ago, uh, we weren't getting the kind of respect that film photographers were. Well, what are some of the differences? One of them is a film photographer got a print. Whether they printed it themselves or had someone else print it, they weren't showing you their images digitally. They were showing you a print and and a lot of them were printing themselves and I'm very proud of that and I 
you know, I spent 12 years searching for someone to teach me how to print. Um, I've invested thousands of dollars and hours um, time looking for someone, literally searching the globe, going on the internet. Okay, where are the most photographers in the world? Japan, Germany, and then searching down into those areas. Okay, where can I find someone who's really knowledgeable about printing who can teach me how to print? I would come to DB, um, WPPI, look at the winner's gallery for the uh, print competition. Obviously, someone knows how to print exceptionally well. Well, I'm a reasonably intelligent person. How is it that I'm not getting these same results? So um, it was quite a journey and full of a lot of frustration, a lot of feeling like, oh, well, maybe I'm not so smart. Maybe I'm not so bright. I'm not capable. Um, running into roadblocks, going to talk to the, um, the printer uh, makers, the, the paper manufacturers. Um, my favorite was getting told, oh, honey, don't worry your little head about it. Let the big boys handle it. Let the labs handle it. Obviously, this is beyond your scope. And what I discovered after time, Sorry. <laughs> that's okay. What I discovered over time was, ah, oh, I am asking them questions they don't have the answers to. Ah, yeah. They know how to sell me a printer. They don't know how to teach me how to use it. Yeah. So, and the paper companies too, they're in business to sell paper. They're not in the business of teaching us how to utilize it, how to be successful at printing. So it was an extreme frustration, lots of tears. And it was about four years ago, um, I had won the grand award at WPPI print competition very unexpectedly. Um, I had been entering for years. It was a, a great way for me to improve as a photographer, to get feedback to help me improve uh, my work. So what does that award mean, the Grand Award? Um, grand Award means in that particular category, um, it was considered the best of the best that year. Um, it is basically the Academy Award for what I do. Send what was the print? How did you make it? And what warranted it, in your opinion, or the judge's opinion, to be um, that grand award? This is a podcast, so this is a great opportunity for me to show you that print <laughs> here. I we'll have David. You're going to have to describe, it, describe in it visually. To um, I carry prints around with me because that's what I do. I'm a photographer who creates prints. So that's the image right there. See? Wow. That looks like a crazy painting. Yeah, from... and that is 100% photograph. That's it is a uh, composite. It was done with two separate people who've never met each other. Um, it tells a story, a very personal, intimate story for me. Uh, I put this image together in about 20 minutes. It was very quick. Um, but I think it took a lifetime of um, experience and emotional pain to, you know, sort of put that all out there at one time. I entered this as a fluke, thinking, okay, they're gonna laugh. Mermaids, ha ha, you know, they're gonna laugh at me, but I'm gonna enter it anyway. And, and I had others that I thought were much better, technically. Well, this one did the best. And I think it's the emotional, um, the story behind it, um, that really kind of brings it to life. Is this image on your website so people can yeah, it, it is. Okay. I believe yeah. it's the first image that you see. It's called the Ascension of Salacia, and it's basically a sort of my interpretation of the the um, the goddess Salacia, her story, and how it relates to me and my life. 
let's talk about that shoot. How long did it take? What was the prep work like? Who were your models? Like, how, how much detail went into creating that? Um, I had no thoughts of doing this at all when I was doing these shoots. There's two separate shoots, two separate people. Um, this is very early on um, in you know my photographing underwater, so the work really technically is not where I'm at today. Um, but there were elements of each sort of each of the models that really spoke to me emotionally. And then once I had the idea, it came together. It's like, okay, this is in my head. I'm going to put it together, and and it came together very quickly. So so these shoots weren't anything that were, um, you know, setting this up. Um, more of just practice and learning how to do what I do. The girl in the middle is Rachel Day. Um, she's wearing a dress by uh, Firefly Path. Um, you know, the colors, the texture, the type of fabrics is really perfect for what I do. And, and Rachel as a model is exceptional um, as well as a person. And, um, it, you know, she makes video games for a living. That's what she does. She's an artist. She, you know, worked for Blizzard for years making video games. So she's an artist herself. And then the mermaid is Hannah Mermaid, Hannah Fraser. She's a professional mermaid. It's what she does. That's a really cool job title. Oh, right? let me she tell a, you. What's her are, business card look like? There are a lot of professional mermaids really? out there, but she what? is one of the best. Yeah. Um, you know, you get women like her who had a dream as a little girl. I want to be a mermaid when I grow up. Well, she turned it into reality. Um, she she wants to be where the people aren't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, she works really hard. Um, she has a nonprofit to um, support the planet, um, the, uh, especially the oceans, uh, sea life. So she's turned something where, you know, turned it into a, a force for good in this world. And I think that's really am amazing and important. So she's a, an incredible person. So I'm glad she's, you know, part of this image. So we've brought up and talked about the print competition a few times over mm -hmm. the last few days with other uh, guests on the mm -hmm. show. Can you walk us through, because I know this is your second year being a judge. Mm -hmm. What are people graded on? How do you look at the image and, and how do you come up with a score? Do you have okay, like a process? Okay, so how many hours do you have? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, being a judge is a very emotionally and physically draining um, experience. It's invigorating and I feel deeply honored to, to have been chosen to be a judge. Um, you have a minute, maybe two tops. You look at the image right away. You're sitting there in this dark room with the uh, lights of a GTI light box. The lights are right in your eyes the whole time. You know, two full long days of that. Um, but looking at image after image after image, knowing that the person who made that image, their heart and soul went into that. That could be the most important image they've ever made in their life. But yet saying to them, oh, that's beautiful, it, it doesn't help them improve as a photographer. And for me, I've gotten so much um, and improved so much because of the feedback I've gotten from an award ceremony, you know, from, from uh, entering in print judging competitions. So, um, so I'm, I'm delighted to be able to give back and to give feedback. Um, it's hard. Sometimes I feel I'm really harsh on people, but I always want to encourage them. Keep going. Keep trying. This isn't the be-all, end-all. I think the most important thing to realize, you're not competing against other people. Don't ever do this to get awards. That's not the point. 
you're not understanding the point. Uh, this is one of the last portrait print competitions in the whole world. Wow. That's important. That's really, really important. It is not an image competition. It's a print competition. So not only do you have to have an amazing image, an amazing, amazing photograph, but you also have to have a really good quality, well done print. So, you know, it, it's so is it's the score difficult. it's from zero so, to a hundred? Um, no, no. I mean, really, the lowest score is in the sixties. Okay. I've never given that low of a score. Um, uh, I've given some in the low seventies, but anything up to seventy-five, like um, seventy-five to eighty, is considered professional standard. Okay. Sellable work. It doesn't win an award. But this is not about professional standard sellable work. This is print competition. It's about what's beyond that. So anything from um, an 80 to an 85 is a silver award. It's considered above standard, going above and beyond. Doesn't have to be perfect, but it certainly has to have, um, you know, whether it's the photography or the print, it has to have aspects of it that are beyond. Um, what is professional standard and then from there you you know it's um silver distinction and then gold and then gold distinction and then platinum 100 which is very rare and at least one of those was given this this past week um not in my room but another room that's exciting so really in the exciting. from 80 to 89 what are those distinctions um so from 80 to 85 is silver okay from 85 to um, 89 is silver distinction, which again, you know, just each each time improving. So what I'm looking for, I think what the judges in general were looking for, good quality photography to start with. So not an image that's been fixed, and you can tell, um, but you know, good quality photography. Um, following within a certain standard of rules. Uh, this is portrait photography, and even though every category isn't portrait, there's still, you know, you can have a landscape that is a portrait. It's not a portrait of a person, but it's a portrait. Um, so, f you know, fitting in within a, a certain narrow standard set of rules. Um, when it's no holds bar, there's no rules. Sure, you can create anything. But if you can create something within a very narrow set of rules and then make it magical and then print it beautifully on the appropriate paper and present it beautifully, that's when you're getting into your high scores. How do you know scores. what paper to pick? Okay, that's a whole nother discussion. <laughs> <laughs> and that is part of, you know, so... So my journey to printing was full of frustration and sadness. And um, after winning this grand award, which was kind of a fluke, um, the next year I had a really special image. Um, in fact, for all your viewers, here it is. <laughs> um, this was a really special image to me. It's a picture of Bailey. It's called Her Wish. Um, it tells a story. And I was trying to print it, and I couldn't get detail down in the, in the bottom. It was muddying up. I did everything I was supposed to do. I followed every step of what proper printing is. Um, I'm a Canson Infinity ambassador. Canson Infinity is, is you know, one of the best paper manufacturers on the market. I was doing everything they told me to do. Um, I had one Canon's 
Image of the Year Award, won a printer from them, a Pro One. A pro is professional printer. So here, I, you know, I P for printer. P for professional. Yeah. yeah. yeah right. So I've got the, I, and it has a red stripe. So, you know. <laughs> that makes it so, double professional. Yeah. yeah. So I've got my printer. I've got my paper. Um, and I'll tell you, when I won that printer, it sat in a box for a year because I was so certain I was going to fail. And I just didn't want to do that to myself. I had tried before. What was going to be any different this time? So I went back to WPP the following year. And, um, you know, they said, oh, how's it going with your printer? I'm like, oh, it's still in the box. They said, you get home and you open it right now. And they gave me more paper. They gave me more ink. They're like, just freaking print. So I did. And I failed. And I was in tears. So then I had this image that was really important to me and special. You know, if I can't print it myself and print it to the standard I know that is possible, I'm going to destroy it. So I went to a print judge, a competition judge, very accomplished, who I knew would not be judging that image. And I showed it to her and I said, look, you know, if I can't print this myself, I'm going to destroy it. I will delete the digital file. And she's like, whoa, okay, okay, hang on a second here. <laughs> Just got real. It got, yeah. yeah, it got to her heartstrings. It did. And, and I was going for the kill. Absolutely. I'm shameless about it. And she said, okay, I got a guy. I got a guy. He can help you. He'll help you. And, and it almost sounded like, okay, you're going to meet in a dark alley, and he's going to have this old Cadillac, and he's going to open the trunk, and he's going to be like, hey, come here. You know, I can sell you an ICC profile for like 99 bucks. And Classic drug it, deal. Oh, yeah. it was. It was. The profile. And at that point, I had spent so much time and effort and, and had been talked down to and had so much failure. You know, it was like, I know I have to be able to do this. Right. I'm very passionate about it. I'm smart enough. Um, and yet I'm, I'm hitting this roadblock over and over and over again. Um, so I went in to go see him. His name is Eric Joseph. He works for a company called Freestyle Photographic Supplies in um, Hollywood, California. And um, honestly, he was just another middle-aged white guy who I was really certain was going to say, oh, honey, yeah, don't worry your little head about it. And um, I went in um, with a big chip on my shoulder. He said, you know, you need a custom ICC profile. It's $99. You need to make an appointment with me for something called a, a free two-hour inkjet paper psychotherapy session. Whoa. That sounds really intense. I know. Therapy session. And it's like, that, that piqued me. That got my attention. So I said, okay, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give this a try. He said, you make an appointment with me. You come in, and we go over papers, different papers. I'm like, oh, how much money is this guy going to try to get from me? And then I'm just going to fail again anyways. So I kind of had this FU attitude. Um, so I went in with $50 in my pocket, not the 99 he was asking for. I did not make an appointment. I just showed up. <laughs> um, and I went in with a chip on my shoulder. But I brought you know, a USB drive with an image on it, different image, not even the one I was trying to print. He said to bring a, um, an Adobe RGB TIFF file. I brought a JPEG sRGB. I mean, this is like how you just straight rebelled. Oh, yeah, I was in an fu kind of mood. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I went in with all these things, and and he definitely got the vibe right away. And it just so happened he had finished with someone else, and he said, "Come on in, you know, have a seat." And and I, you know, anyways, he said, "Give me your USB drive. Let me print this for you, and um, and then we can go from there. We can talk." So, you know, 
with my attitude. He said, I could just sit down. <laughs> so I did. I sat down and he, um, he, you know, just put the file in, hit print, printed it out on paper, handed it to me. And all I could do was cry. I just sat there and cried, bawled. It was one of the most profound moments of my life, Protect, especially as a photographer, as an artist. You know, if this Yahoo guy, whoever he is, can do this without doing anything to my file and create a perfect print, such an amazing print. It was far beyond what I ever thought my work would ever look like, ever. Um, it looked like there was silver leaf on the paper. And I'm thinking, what kind of printer has silver leaf as an ink? Um, and I just, and I went from someone who made pretty pictures and posted them on Facebook to I now have something I'm holding in my hands that I can sell to feed my family. I'm now a business. Wow. So yeah. all of this, all of these years of searching for someone to teach me how to print, and I'm holding this in my hands for the first time ever. And I just cried on the print. And, and he said, you know, I said, oh, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. He said, you know, it's okay. I've got all day. I thought, okay, this is someone who understands. This is, everything's going to be okay now. Yeah. Everything's going to work out. It's going to be okay. And it was a very emotional experience. Turns out it happens all the time. I <laughs> you know, he does those yeah. inkjet psychotherapy sessions. Um, I went back and did it another time. I made an appointment. I brought my $99, you know, and I had, so here I am, you know, uh, a kind of a single mom with a minivan and I've got twin daughters and um, just, you know, need to turn this into a business. Um, I have no money for a new printer and come to find out the printer I had won, there was no way I was going to ever be able to make that quality of, of print. Um, so it's, you know, I'm going to do whatever I can to achieve this myself. So I went home and I did a Kickstarter campaign and told people, look, I will make you a print, a crappy print off my crappy old printer to make enough money to buy this beautiful printer where then I can make decent artwork. And people supported me like crazy. I made enough money for the printer, for the profiles, for the paper, for, to have him come install it and teach me how to use it. The very first print that came out of that printer was perfect and every single one since. I print 40 by 60, huge, 40 by 60, yeah. Let's talk about profiles because yeah, like I don't, a, are they quite, individual I don't quite to the understand image why yeah. they don't just come with the printer mm -hmm. or the software. Like Right, so printer profiles, think about it this way, okay, I wear glasses. I went to an eye doctor and the eye doctor, you know, I went through a series of tests and he made these glasses based on how my eyes see and how they're supposed to see according to the you know standard 2020 for vision okay right so these are my custom profile all right for me how i'm supposed to see a, a, a printer profile is your printer and each printer prints a little bit differently even the exact same ones exactly whoa yeah there's right. much as like i think 10 percent you know difference between each one so how your printer prints on that specific paper that specific kind of paper. 
Okay. Yeah, that's a custom profile. So the paper manufacturers make profiles, but they're generic profiles. That's like walking into Walgreens and buying readers for you know instead of custom right. eyeglasses. It's like buying a you know a two two times four times readers. So yeah, it's going to help you. It's going to get you a little closer. It lets the printer know, okay, this is the kind of paper. This is how much ink I'm supposed to put down. But it's not custom, and. You know, when you look at the graphs of these things, and I can really geek out on you. I mean, can, I can get down into the nitty-gritty science of all this. I have since spent the last, you know, four years, um, you know, having Eric Joseph mentor me and teach me and learning everything I possibly can from him. Um, so, you know, to, to learn all this stuff um, so that I can, in turn, give this back to my photographic community, my portrait photographer friends. Why wasn't this information available? Why didn't we know about him? And he's still, to this day, the only person that I've ever met or heard of who's completely devoted his life to, um, to the study of inkjet papers, um, printers, and educating us as photographers to make us better. His goal in life is to make us better. It's like I mean, Yoda. Who does yeah. that? Oh yeah. Does he totally know? Yoda. Does he yeah. know why ink is so damn expensive? Does he have an answer oh, yeah, for that? Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> is it just an arbitrary thing yeah. that the companies set as just a way to like? You know, it depends manipulate? on the printer you buy. Most printers, they're not making a profit. Yeah. You get a desk. Any desktop printer is solely made to make money off of ink. You never think of buying a printer, any type of printer, is buying the printer. You're buying the ink yeah. that it comes with. So how much is the ink? And the printer is free. So, um, you know, I am a Canon printer user. Um, Canon, they make cameras. They're invested in me as a photographer. Um, I'm not a rep for them or anything, but, um, you know, their interest is to, um, is to make photographers successful. So their line of printers, the Pro 1000, is pretty much the lowest level you really can go and get um, a very professional-looking print, um, pigment-based ink. But, you know, that Pro 1000, there's a certain amount of those ink cartridges are really small. Yeah. They don't come much with, with much ink. You've got to pay a lot of money for the ink that's in it because you're paying for the cartridge, too. Um, so when I did my Kickstarter, I got my money. I went back to go buy a printer. I was like, oh, I'll take that little one there. And he said, well, okay, well, you can get whatever you want, but here's the math. You know, you get the Pro 1000, you get a little bit of ink. You get the Pro 2000, well, you're getting the same difference in cost in ink. You get the Pro 4000, which is this 44-inch printer, this huge, massive printer. Yeah, you have to have enough real estate to put it on. Yeah. But the cost difference is the amount of ink that comes with it. So you're getting this free yeah. big and you can printer. print it way bigger. Yeah. And so um, yeah, and then you know, the custom ICC profiles for the my papers of choice, um, which at that point I picked two papers, one matte and one with a luster finish. Um, I'm now very familiar with the two hundred different types of inkjet papers that are available to us. And these are arguably easily the two best papers available in inkjet printing. Uh, Canson Infinity Platine, which has a luster finish, and Canson Infinity Edition Etching, which is a, um, a matte, almost a watercolor type of paper. 
Um, they have the highest, except the highest gamut of color, both of them, and the, the best black point, both for a luster paper and a, um, and a matte finished paper. You know, those two papers, my printer profile, my printer, um, I was all set. Every single print that's come out of that printer has been perfect. And the first print I made on it was 40 by 60. He's nice. like, if you're going to do this, <laughs> do go it with big confidence. Or go home. Yeah. yeah. And I did. And I was very nervous. And it was perfect. And I just sat there and cried again. Yeah. So step one, get the printer. Step two, you need to find someone to make your custom profile for that yeah, printer and so, that, that um, paper you want to use. And every single paper has a different profile. Right. Okay. Right. And photographers don't need to use 10, 15, 20 different print, you know, papers. It's not necessary. It really isn't. As far as like a luster type paper, sure, there's all these Barita papers. I mean, you could really get into a very serious discussion about, um, about types of paper and finishes. And, and yes, each image has its own. Go ahead. Yeah, has its own. <laughs> He's going to flip through my um, portfolio. But go ahead. Feel yeah. the paper. I mean... Um, you know, they have their own special um, qualities to them, and each um, image should, you know, paper specific for that image. Not every image looks good on every type of paper. However, like with platine fiber rag, it has a, um, a little bit of a luster finish. There is, you can print anything on that paper, and it looks amazing. Anything. You can't go wrong. Now, if we all printed on that paper, it's kind of a boring world. So there are options. And for me, I really wanted this, um, this heavyweight, I'm feeling paper again, I'm like always doing that, um, heavyweight, slightly textured, cotton, 100% cotton, fine art paper. I wanted that weight and that feel, but I wanted a matte paper where I could get sharp detail, um, you know, as dark a black as I could get on that paper. Um, a sense of dimensionality and, and color gamut that you don't normally find in a matte paper. And with a generic profile, you can't get that. It comes out, you know, kind of flat. as sort of an ink on paper look to it. You get the custom profile. It's like seeing the world through custom glasses for your eyes. And you've got this image that's so dimensional. That's it just... And I'm working on a color-calibrated monitor. I've got um, my color profiles down. So I have a system now. It's very scientific. It's very step-by-step. -step. Um, you know, photography is, is an art and a science. Uh, the science is, you know, how, you, how you're, you know, going through these steps to print it. And the art is what I'm making with my camera and my creativity. There's a lot of options and there's a lot of brands for yes. paper. Yes. So does each brand kind of have their own signature patented special recipe paper or are they um, all the brands kind of, how does quality differ, you know, like from, from brand to brand? I'll tell you a little secret here. Don't tell anyone else, okay? Right. Between yep. you and me. Yep. No one's listening. There's a fair amount of paper out there that perhaps is made by one company and then um, each different label puts just puts it in their box and puts their own White label labels, on yeah. it. Yeah, they will never tell you that. But common for a lot it of was stuff. Um, it was proven recently when every single major company discontinued one of their lines of Brida paper. Oh, yeah, mm -hmm. all of them at the same time. At the same time, go figure. That's amazing. Now they're coming up with something new, and oh look, all of them the at the same, same time. Yeah, yeah. 
this. So, um, you know, Epson doesn't make paper. Canon doesn't make paper. That's not what they do. So anything with those labels on it obviously are made by other companies. Um, the one thing I really appreciate about Canson Infinity, they've been around for 450 years. 450 oh, years? Oh, yeah. What was oh, the first stuff history, they were making? <laughs> what was the first stuff let's they were making history, paper for? Um, you've seen the picture of uh, the first hot air balloon? Yeah. That was made with Canson Infinity paper. Well, it wasn't called Canson Infinity at the time, but yeah. They have their own paper mills. So they're controlling their product. They're, you know, through the mill, they, every step of the way. They have full control over that. Now, Platine, um, Fiber Rag, that is proprietary to them. They're the only company that makes that paper and, and sells and distributes. They don't, you know, package it up under anybody else's or sell it to any other company. Um, and it is, you know, scientifically, I can show you on graphs the proof that it accepts more colors and color gamut. It's just a beautiful, perfect, 100% cotton, no OBAs. What it are is, OBAs? OBAs are optical brightening agents. Okay. So uh, if you have a white t-shirt, it has OBAs in it, and they put them in paper. It reflects UV light, a blue light, so that it looks brighter. Well, they break down over time. Okay. So you start with this bright white paper, and over time it's going to fade, whether it's um, exposed to UV light or not. But it needs UV light in order to look brighter. Well, a lot of people take those beautiful prints on that bright white paper, and they put them under UV glass, museum glass. Boom, you've lost all your optical brightening agents. Oh, okay. And it's going to change the look of your image over time as it fades. Yeah. yeah. So you're looking for a paper with no optical brighteners, 100% uh, cotton. That's certainly the, the material that's going to last the longest. Um, and then, you know, the right coating. It's all about, you know, the coating on the, on the paper. Um, and a consistency of quality. And that's what I really like about Canson Infinity. They control their product. They control the quality of their product. They have a lot of pride in that. Um, and you know, part of my value system is I truly believe in, in supporting small family-owned businesses, especially with what directly contributes to my artwork. Yeah. So um, you know, freestyle photographic, where Eric um, works and they make my printer profiles for me. It's where I get my paper and my inks and my, my printer and support for him to, to, you know, for taking care of, um, my education and keeping my, you know, printer. If I have any questions, that's a small family run business. Um, Canson Infinity, it's, it's owned by a big billionaire guy somewhere, but the business itself is, is like a small family run business. There are very few people who, who work there. Um, my underwater housing is made by Iwa Marine. It's a small family-owned um, company in Germany. Um, the guy bought the company and runs it to support his family so his family can work with him. Um, you know, my framing company, I use Levin Frame Company, you know, two generations of Levin family. And all those companies, all those small businesses, it makes me feel good that my artwork that I sell supports their families as well as my family so um it's an amazing philosophy really yeah. yeah it's important i think it's really important you buy any of these things from you know when i want double a batteries i'll go to amazon right i'll go to you know um but there's no one there to support me if i need help right 
at all. Yeah. So when I buy something that just directly related to my artwork, it is absolutely through a small family-owned business. So did you find, after your meeting with Yoda, yeah. that <laughs> you changed the way that you edited or oh my gosh, that it was changed everything. Yeah, yeah it changed question. everything. So when you're looking at something on a, a screen, you know, a computer screen, it's a 7200 yeah. maybe um, PPI. Right. Right. Um, a print is a 300 DPI. You know, yes, there's a difference between a PPI and a DPI. Right. However, there is an equivalency there. It's a much higher resolution on a print. So you start seeing things seeing on your prints and, that you yeah. never see on a screen, ever. Yeah. So it made it made me a better photographer. It made me a lot more conscious of little tiny details of little things. And when I'm editing these images, like these are pretty small prints here, eleven by seventeens. Um, I'm I'm looking at air bubbles inside their eyelids. Jeez. You know, like on their eyelashes. So, um, you know, blowing things up, looking at them, and my my print size of choice is 40 by 60. It's huge. Because you can. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but every little piece of this has to be perfect. And then is your is your consumer like a fine art consumer? Or is like sort of like gallery, basically people buying gallery pieces, I limited have a mix editions? Of, you know, kind of a mix of people who buy my work. Um, I certainly have a lot of mermaid fans because right. that's one of the aspects, one of the things that I do. Um, but also images like this one, um, the picture of Bailey, it's called Her Wish. It's, it's sort of a, a surreal, um, you know, there's a, a level of comfort to it. Right. Um, and my work in general has a, a theme running through the whole thing. And that's, I want people to walk up to my work, look at it, and... Just yeah. exhale and relax. I mean, I so truthfully, I I didn't know who you were till mm -hmm. yesterday. Yeah, um, I I had never, you know, with very limited things, explored the underwater genre at all. Mm -hmm. um, and even before Gary had said that he knew you, like mm -hmm. I mean, just the photos hanging around the booth is like what attracted, like literally drew me from across the floor to come over and be like, wow, what is this? And then Gary's like, oh, you don't like, how, <laughs> how do you not know this? Like dropping knowledge and then. Like to hear the process, like, I mean, massively intrigued. I, I, I agree with you. I think um, I went to Italy a few years ago mm -hmm. and we're just walking through the museums. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, me too. And, I went last and, year. Yeah, and yeah. like looking at all of these things that, you know, back in the day was just a commissioned portrait. It's, right. It was basically, you know, we have no abilities to take selfies. We want to remember what we look like yes, right now. Exactly. I got to go find the guy that can make my selfie work for me. Yeah. Um, and now they hang in museums because yeah. they're this thing. And I think it's so sad to think about our current generation. I mean, like I have beautiful printed photos of my grandmother. Yes. Very yes. few past Owen, Olin Mills of yeah. my mother. Yeah. Um, you know, but like how I think like in the future, like where where does the the magic come from where does the uh you know like i mean i can a hundred percent see your work hanging in a museum mm -hmm. you know in a in a generation or two when mm -hmm. yeah you know like yeah. prints have like died through mm -hmm. attrition and, and those kind of like <laughs> i mean that's really sad to think about but you know <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, at yeah. the same time like well i mean yeah, yeah. It, but i think it's important because mm -hmm. you're creating something that's real uh i mean the the average photographer i mean all of us have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of probably thousands oh, of hundreds photos of thousands stored of in 
in Digi- hard drives yeah. that are, are never yeah. going to exist in the yeah, physical yeah. world. And um, you know, we're taking more photos now than we ever have okay. and printing less. And the entire photographic industry was, you know, kept alive by you went and bought a roll of film, you brought it in, you had a process, you bought another roll of film, you picked up your prints. So um, that's what kept it going, and it doesn't happen anymore. Um, You know, initially, inkjet printing, they just weren't there technology-wise. We're there now. We have the, you know, perfect technology. What we're lacking is the education. And after that moment of holding that print in my hand and, and crying and, and feeling all these things, uh, my mission now is to encourage and educate photographers to print their own work. We deserve that. Yeah. We deserve that opportunity. What? And with the education, we're there. We're totally there. Right. And buying a printer, paper and ink is way cheaper than buying a camera or buying a, a lens. And here we are being fed this BS about, well, you know, you got to get a mirrorless camera. And right. what kind of photographer are you right. if you don't have a mirrorless camera? Or don't even talk to me about Nikon versus Canon. Right. That is not a conversation. Yeah. It is not. That is a consumer electronic Absolutely. industry. Absolutely. We are photographers. Photographers create a physical photograph. So let's talk about printing. Let's talk about how we can get there, how we can make a perfect print every single time, guaranteed. It is not that hard. Well, I mean, I think even beyond that, I, I, I mean, we have these conversations amongst ourselves and, and with the public constantly about mm-hmm. uh, our value. You yes. know? And, yeah. and that's, that is something I hear photographers from the moment they decide that they're going to take a photo for profit, that's mm-hmm. what they start talking about as well in my region, in my town, in this thing, for my work, I can only get, get this. Yeah, yeah. And I think, I mean, looking at your work is, I mean, one, I, I really want to shoot underwater. I just want to oh, see yeah. what will happen. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm down for the serene place, and I am I have two small kids, and, oh, and yeah, you know, yeah. like, this would be... I'm your, I feel, I'm your yeah. merman, yeah. David. Yeah. 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 I, I want to see you in a tell. <laughs> yeah. But, um, like, this is just, I mean... And, and our viewers, obviously, our listeners, our viewers, our listeners can't yeah. see this, but this is right. this is amazing. Yeah. Uh, oh, keep going. And just, oh, flip, I mean, I did. I flipped this, through it. Yeah. It's, yeah. You know, this is, this is, this is worth, this is value. So, like, when yeah. people are talking about that value aspect, I think probably the missing element is yeah. you're not giving somebody, you're giving somebody a digital file that... Right. Right. Much like every, I mean, how many times do people scroll back through the photos in their phone that they've captured over the last right, five, right. ten years? Like yeah. They just, they just don't. Mm-hmm. They capture these things and then they live there. And, and I think when you're, when you're selling somebody this non-tangible, non-analog yeah. thing, it, it, it does lose its value because yeah. this is, this is this art. This is a custom piece of artwork. Yeah, this this is, is, and it's archival. I mean, archival is a whole nother discussion. People are very worried, worried about archivability. Just freaking print your work. Stop worrying right. about it. Um, I got you drawers. Know, you yeah. get a really good quality paper, like the two I was talking about. You get um, a pigment printer, the Canon Pro 1000, 2000, 4000. You know, the combination of those two things, that is far more archival than any photographs we have from the past. And look, those have been, those prints have been around for a hundred years. There's nothing archival about them and yet they're still here. Yeah. C prints, 
Sea prints. I don't even know anything about sea prints. Um, you go right to a mini me. lab and you, or Costco and you get a sea print. Okay. So it's chromogenic, chromogenic print, and it's basically printed on plastic, RC paper. It's plastic. Yeah, feels cheap. There is nothing archival about that. Look yeah. at our snapshots from the, you know, 70s, 80s. They all have a certain color change to yeah. them where they're recognizable. Yeah. Um, you know, none of those prints are going to last, even ones you get today. They're not going to last. They're not made to last. They are going to lose their color. Uh, this on the right kind of paper, these papers with these inks, absolutely. Now, store that print on the dashboard of your car. It put dies. it outside yeah. in, in the summer in Arizona for summer. Yeah, it's going to fade. Treat it properly. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the elephant in the room, and it's the, the display. How okay. the hell do you How the hell do you pick the right display? And then how do you get it calibrated? Okay, display, you mean the screen? Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Um, so you guys call them screens. That's the, eh, from a printer, the screen. the screen, display, monitor. I'd, monitor. So many monitor, monitor. Yeah, yeah, who knows? Yeah. So, um, you know, as photo fine art photographers, as photographers, we're working in the color space, Adobe RGB. That's important um, to establish straight off bat. Not sRGB. That is too small of a color space. You know, our cameras were capable of, of seeing, capturing, and printing at Adobe RGB. That's our color space. Um, Pro photo, I mean, that's a whole nother discussion. It's much larger color space. We can't see it, we can't print it. So why bother? Why make larger files that we're gonna need bigger hard drive space for when it's unnecessary? And um, I am under the impression very strongly that there's no paper company that is working on the technology that will um, allow paper to accept uh, Pro photo color space. So. You know, let, let that go. Let's stick with the Adobe RGB. That's where we're at. Yeah. And, well, and mean, it's great. And in reality, like, are we not to the point where digitally we can produce more colors than we can actually perceive? Or are we not there yet? Or um, So even if we could print colors that we can't perceive or see, then how are we going to know they're there? Right. Well, yeah, that's kind of my point. <laughs> like so I, but, photo, but like yeah. in theory, I feel like the digit, like that's the digital world where yes. it's trying to go. It's trying yeah, to go well, beyond a human eye. Colors. They're telling us like, oh, you need to buy this because it's got 17 gazillion oh, color yeah. space. And you're like, I, I only have 5 billion. So. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, and there are colors that only bees and birds can see and right. all that. Yeah. Well, I'm not a freaking bee. So, right. you know, I'm happy where I'm at. I'm happy with Adobe RGB. So my images are very colorful. I'm getting a lot of color gamut. 16 bit or eight bit matter. Or? 16 bit. Yeah. So you want as much information as possible. Um, you want the right color space and then you want a monitor where you can see that. And you know, for me, I'm, I'm, I'm not against spending good money on good quality products. However, I want value for my money. And for me, um, BenQ monitors, Adobe RGB, BenQ monitors are absolutely the way to go. They're really well made. Um, you know, you gotta calibrate it, keep it calibra calibrated. Um, and you're gonna see what it is on your monitor. You know, that's what's gonna come out of the printer. So. Um, Anything that's a Mac product, especially a new Mac screen, Mac laptop screen, those are all, you know, new, a different color space. That's all for video. That is not for photographers. You know, everyone's got their MacBook Pro and their, you know, new screen. It. Those are great yeah. computers. They really are. They're fantastic. But that's not our color space. Yeah. And, and you're your colors are going to look different on that screen than they are when they're printed. 
And it's not the print that's wrong, it's the screen that's wrong. Yeah. So, you know, get your MacBook Pro, get a BenQ monitor and Adobe RGB. There are different models based on which kind of computer you have and which cords you have. Um, the Is there a specific one? BenQ? Like, well, I know they make a lot of different levels. And the yeah, I mean, you're talking vary. about like a $600 monitor. Okay, that's very accessible. Very accessible, yeah. yeah. And it's gonna last you. Um, you know, they, uh, we could really get into it, but they got into the gaming market at first, and then they're really now focusing a lot of effort on us as photographers, and I get to hand it to them. Not a lot of companies do. There's not a lot of money in photographers, fine art photography for companies. So, um, so I applaud them for supporting us. I think that's really important. And, and I don't remember the model number of their latest yeah. um, monitor, but you know, with one cord, you can power your laptop and send the, yeah. the signal USB at the same C. time. Don't yes. get me started. Yes. Oh, it's like yeah. I love it, but I hate it at I the same know. time. Because so. I'm, I'm Dongle City. Yeah, I know. You know, they took out the SD card. And yeah, well, I'm USB. PC. I'm not Mac, oh, okay. so I don't have those problems. What's but, your setup at home? Um, so I have a laptop. I have two workstations. So I have a laptop, and then I also have a tower. Um, I couldn't tell you the, the brand names because I can't remember right now. They're both gaming computers. Really, that's the way to go. Um, we're going to get the most kind of bang for your buck and um, the kind of power that I need to run Photoshop at the level that I'm running. And then I'm also doing some video editing. So, um, so in combination, um, you know, with speed and then size, RAM size, all of that. Um, and then I'm working and off of separate it, little Apple hard drives. Apple wants so much money to build these like Fuck. professional Oh yeah, machines. you can't modify like, most of them anymore. Yeah. Well, you yeah, can't modify no. it afterwards. You're stuck with the video card. You're, yeah. you know, you can maybe update your RAM and throw a little bit more in there, and that's about it. Yeah, I know. it's crazy. So, no, so gaming, gaming computers. Um, yeah, so so I'm really happy with the BenQ monitors. Um, and then as far as um, calibrating, I was working with. Um, you know, what I have is called Basic Color. Um, unfortunately, they went out of business for a while. It's a German company. Um, they got a bailout. They're coming back. But so far, they're not quite there. So the X-Rite um, Pro, X-Rite Pro, X-Rite 3? Pro? Let's go with that. Okay, yeah. I'd have to look at my phone. Next, right, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it, it, it's a particular model. Um, if you go to freestylephotographic or freestyle.biz um, and look on their website, you know they have the the information's there. But um, yeah, so so you got to calibrate your monitor. Most monitors are way too bright. I mean, what do you hear people say over and over again? My prints come out too dark. Right. Why are your prints too dark? Your monitor's too bright. Right. You know. Yeah. I, that was a shock for me the first time I uh, calibrated my monitor. Yeah. And like it's like down, down, down. Yeah, okay. I mean we're printing. How am I at supposed one, to see this? Yeah. We're, we're printing at 120 lumens, yeah. and that's not where your monitor right. is set when you first get it. So, um, and I calibrate. It's very fast, and I'm calibrating my monitor, you know, once a week or whenever I'm editing, whenever I'm printing. So, uh, you know, five minutes it takes me to do it. Um, quick and easy. Yeah. It's amazing that you need to keep calibrating your monitor. It does it's, change. It's an amazing piece of technology, and yeah. somehow it changes over time. Like they, they drift you know, a little bit yeah. here and there, I mean, but you know, I'm even also the atomic clock needs an adjustment every <laughs> yeah, once in a while. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's get real. You know, very, very, very particular about my work too. Yeah. So, so what's the next six months look like for you? Oh what, my like, god. 
I mean, <laughs> how far so, out are you booked? How do people book you? Like, okay. What? Um, I take a limited a number number of um, private commissions a year where people are paying me to take their picture. Um, you know, so so I have some availability on that. But then also, I have a, a kind of a big um, creative project I'm working on this year um, that requires 22 different or 22, 27 different images in a set. It's, it's very ambitious. Wow. When I do something, it's like I'm gonna. Go right. big or yeah. go, go home. All, yeah, yeah. I just had my first solo gallery show last October. I had 90 images. I, I printed count. it all myself. I mounted it all myself. I picked out every frame. They were all different by hand. I helped the framer frame them. I planned the show. I hung the show. Wow. I was really ambitious, and I did it. Nice. Good. Congrats. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so, so I have that project coming up. I've got... Um, uh, in May, I've got Palm Springs Photo Festival, which is an amazing um, fine art photography festival. I teach an underwater workshop there. It's the only underwater workshop that I teach, um, hands-on, in the pool, like four days, intensive. I teach you everything I know, everything I do. Um, I did it last year. I mean, it sells out. It'll sell out, absolutely. And you're in Palm Springs in May and, and with some of the most famous photographers and yeah. accomplished photographers in the world in a very intimate setting. It's phenomenal. Yeah. I love it. It's probably absolutely like the it. most legendary workshop. Oh, it's unbelievable. Yeah. And I'm just pinching myself that I'm even invited, you yeah. know, so to be teaching a workshop there is unbelievable. Um, and then we finish our final day is printing. A full-on printing class and and printing our workout. So I know where I'm gonna be. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like so we're going somewhere in May. Yeah. <laughs> so that you know, those are kind of big. The other thing I have coming up all of July and all of August, I am showing at um, Festival of the Arts at Laguna Beach at Laguna Beach Pageant of the Masters um, in Southern California. That is, it's a, a a group showing. It's a juried you know, situation. So I was very fortunate to get juried in and, um, you know, phenomenal work. And I will have it on display um, and be selling work all That's summer awesome. there. So after that, um, you know, my, a lot of my focus right now is, okay, how do, how do I continue with encouraging and edu educating photographers to print their work? I think and you've changed some, my religion yeah. while we've been yeah, here. I mean, yeah, I've got some, Me too. Some, <laughs> some really exciting things coming up with that. And, you know, hey, I'm a middle-aged mom with a minivan. I'm on Facebook. So <laughs> follow me on Facebook, and you will kind of see um, where we're going, what we're doing. We have some exciting things coming up. Um, creating a community for photographers uh, who are interested in printing their work where the answers are there. And we can talk about it and we can, you know, we can show proof. We can show the science of how this works. Uh, right now, there's nowhere to go for the answers. Nowhere. Yeah, right. And so, so kind of, you know, creating that community, creating a safe place for people where they can ask any question they want to. Sure. So, yeah. so that's something we're working on and that's something that will come together this year. Nice. Yeah. She's, she's graduated. Yeah, thank you. Jedi yeah. Master. Oh. <laughs> she's Padawan Yoda behind. Here. And your website? Where so you my website up? is Cheryl, C-H-E-R-Y-L, Walsh, W-A-L-S-H, dot art. Awesome. Dot art. That's well, my website. I thoroughly yeah. enjoyed this conversation. Oh, so thank, thank you. you. For thanks for having me. And thanks for letting Hell me week. go on and on and on about printing. I know. 
it's kind it's, of a, a geeky topic, but um, I think it's just the most important topic in digital photography today. Yeah, absolutely. And did you did you wait? Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Mm -hmm. That was my heart skipping a beat <laughs> as as the Johnny Edwards just walked into the room, and I just sort of freaked out a little bit. My heart stopped beating. We call yeah. him Elton Johnny Edwards with oh, those glasses. Just a rock star <laughs> of photography. Someone who is so prolific and, and generous with um, with his work and his, his self-portraits and trying new things and um, and experimenting with lighting. And that's beautiful. That's freaking beautiful. I love that. So thank you. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you okay, again. Thank and, you. And uh, we'll see you in the next episode. All right. Thanks a lot. Well, my ass hurts. You really got to get up and move around during these things. Otherwise, your butt falls asleep and you got to have somebody help you with it. I mean, help you rub it. I mean, somebody's got to rub your butt. Well, a wiser fellow than myself once said, sometimes you eat the bar, and sometimes the bar, well, eats you. Well, that's all she wrote for this one. See you next time. Catch you later on down the trail, dude. I get out of here and start shooting. <laughs> <laughs>